Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. It is the Lombardi Line as we welcome you in. We're presented by BetMGM. He is Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. This is a TV and a radio program, and I have to be honest with you, I have no clue how to start the show today. I don't. And I will say this, uh, we are both, Michael Lombardi and myself, we're both wearing black today. We didn't plan yeah. it. It's not a funeral. But it certainly feels like one. Michael, happy Friday. Yeah, it's always tough, Patrick. You know, I always think of days like today, I'm reminded of the great Hyman Roth. This is the business we've chosen, and you're going to have days like this. And, you, you know, it's, uh, you know, as much as you don't want your sons to go through what you went through, Springsteen has a great song, you know, about that uh, and Long Road Home and a long time coming. And so... Uh, you know, you don't want your, your your kids to experience all the disappointments in, in their life that you've experienced. You want the better thing. And yet, you know, this game last night was one of those where you, you had every chance for them to win the game. They should have won the game. And yet they did things that prevented them from winning the game. Players, coaches, and within their scheme. So it's hard. You know, it's hard. It's It's hard as a father. But you have to be honest and objective. I mean, the Raiders have no one to blame, as I wrote about today. They have no one to blame but themselves. I mean, it was truly, truly a Hallmark movie last night. <laughs> okay. Good. Deep breath. 17-16 winner for the Rams. If I could just take a second to say a couple things. So I was at the game with Michael's wife, Millie, and Pat and Bernadette had a wonderful time. Wonderful people. So where we were sitting, right to your left, is Mick. Lombardi, the offensive coordinator, we were right on that sideline. So we could see him the whole entire time. And I have to tell you, 
you have to be built differently to be involved in this business because it's not just you. You're dragging your family through it. And what I mean by that is if you don't think Millie is living and dying with every single play, (laughs) she is so emotionally invested in this. She lives and dies with every play. And it really brought me perspective. And I'm going to let you rant here in a little bit, but it really brought me perspective that what we do as betters or just as fans is we crush coaches and sometimes we turn them into non-entities. These are real people with real families. And I have to tell you, I'm almost mad at you that you got me close to this family because I watch. <laughs> it's such an emotional freaking roller coaster losing that game. Oh, yeah. I can't even imagine what Mick and the coaching staff and the players feel like today. I literally can't imagine it. Well, you know, you, you just, it's part, like I said, it's the business you've chosen. You, you're not going to, it's not a Hollywood movie. You're not going to win every game. You're going to have these disappointments. It's how you handle them. It's how you rise above them. It's how you move forward. It's how you learn from them, right? And there's so much to learn from that game. There's so much to learn for a young coach, a young head coach, Josh McDaniels, everybody. There's so much to learn. And it really was, and you have to be honest, and you just can't say, well, Derek Carr threw an interception, or this happened, like, or they didn't call holding on the last drive. None of that's relevant. Like, It's a combination of all these things. And you've got to be honest and you've got to make a decision on how you want to proceed moving forward because this is a business where only the strong survive and you got to be strong. You have to have metal. You have to have strong. You have to live in the moment. You have to move on. It's all the cliches, but it is very true. So good job by Elliot, the producer. We're going to start with the Raiders side here. Let's start at the end and then we'll back up. Um, If you had Baker Mayfield 36 hours into his Rams career, uh, go going eight plays and ni- 98 yards and eight plays in a minute 35 to win this game, then you're a better person than I. Yeah. Let's start with that last drive. I left Michael with the punt. It's one of the great punts you're ever going to see, by the way, an end-over-end punt right. that rolls down to the two, three-yard line. I had to go get an Uber. I wasn't going to get home to midnight if I didn't leave, but I assumed there's no way this guy that just landed there is going to drive this team back. Let's talk about the drive. What went wrong defensively? What went right offensively for the Rams? Well, I think a lot of the situational football was really bad by the Raiders defensively on that drive, you know, because there's no, they had no timeouts left. And so all you wanted to do was keep the ball in bounds and make him have to hold the ball longer. Uh, and, you know, when you play man coverage like they did and he can make a throw, now they, they get called for holding on one play. They have an interception. They get called for holding. Then they come back and they sack him. We're going to be second and 19. With the clock running, okay, with the clock running, and then Tillery sn- touches the ball away from uh, Baker Mayfield as he's standing there. And, they, and my man, my man, God, you know, Carl Pagnelli called, called tripping against me in Denver years ago, cost me home field advantage. God knows when Carl Pagnelli makes a call, I'm going to die, right? And it got me again. Got me again last night. He calls – he calls – uh, unsportsmanlike conduct on Tillery for touching the ball, right? Was it? I guess it was. I don't know. Only Carl knows, you know, but I know this. Carl and the Raiders, it's never a good call. So they get 15 yards first and 10, and then Pat Graham decides to play man coverage when he doesn't have to play man coverage. Like the clock was running. Tackle him in bounds, you know, make Baker hold the football, and then they have the ball first and 10 at the 22 with 15 seconds to go in the game or 20 seconds to go in the game. And they play man coverage with no help on top, and they throw the ball in the end zone. Like, Baker had to throw the ball in the end zone. He couldn't have thrown it short. And yet you played that coverage. 
Like, that's, that's wrong. And, I, and I've said this to my son this morning when we had a conversation. Like, you can't do that. Like, that's situational football at its worst. And the Raiders have no one to blame but themselves. Okay, let's be objective here. The defensive coordinator, Pat Graham, going man there. You could be somebody that's playing junior high football and know that's the wrong decision. What was he thinking on that touchdown pass? I don't pass, know. How does he not? How does he literally? How does he not ha- have help over top? I don't understand. I, I don't know. I don't understand it either. Like, why doesn't you know? Why weren't we just like it? It didn't even ma- like rush three and drop eight. Make Baker have to make and read Baker's eyes. Where's he going with the football? Let that clock keep running. But, you know, again, these are why you lose games because you don't handle situational football well and you make bad calls. You know, we always criticize the offense for bad calls. That was a bad call by the defense, you know, and, and, and it cost them. And, and that wasn't and, and it wasn't just Pat, Pat Graham costing them. I mean, it was OK. You know, Carr throws that interception in the end of the first half and the Raiders offense went completely conservative. I mean, went completely conservative. They were scared to death he was going to turn the ball over. And they behaved as if they had a great defense. I mean, you know, I text my wife during the game and said, if they don't get the 20 points, it's going to be a problem. Got to get the 20. You said, I think you said it before the half, or maybe right at half, said that if if they don't get the 20, they're going to lose this football game. They lost 17 to 16. You literally said that. I was sitting right there. And so you you have to know this, right? And so they got two they got they went three and out three twice and they got very conservative. They were scared Carr was going to make a mistake. They had they only threw the ball 20 times. They had no passing game in the second half. I mean, they make the play down the field. They got the ball first, they got the ball in the red zone they, and they have to score if they score a touchdown there the game's over. The game is over if they score that touchdown. They kick the field goal, they keep them in it. Then they jump off sides on the punt. I mean, how many more things can you do wrong? That special teams mistake, Millie and I were like, "Are you?" By the way, there were two penalties on that punt. Two penalties yeah. against the Raiders. Well, the on the that holding punt. call, the holding call is, but but, but you know, Farrell jumps off sides. Like, are you kidding me? And and what made it worse was they were called for holding the play before we could have backed them up to third and fourteen. Yeah. Okay. Let's do this. And you mentioned conservative play calling. Look at Jacobs. He ran the ball 27 times after that red zone pick. And I could see how demonstrative McDaniels was. He was so pissed because Devontae Adams was wide open. Carr throws a pick wide in the red open. zone. They go, they go into the break. And Devontae's the first read on the play. Oh, he's Devontae's always the, the first read, read on the play. <laughs> he's the f- so all you got to do is get him the football. And then they went into the, they went completely conservative. And, and you know, and they didn't extend, they, they, they felt like, okay, they got Baker Mayfield. They're not going to move the ball, and we'll win this game. And and they miscalculated it. I mean, look, they got two first downs in the entire second half. They got two first downs. Meanwhile, the Rams playing with Baker Mayfield got 12 first downs in the fourth quarter alone. They when that missed field the- goal occurred and they yeah. got the ball with, with, with two minutes and, and they extended it into the fourth quarter – and they didn't score the touchdown there. And I said before the game, remember, we were leaning towards the Rams, and everybody was, Lombardi just doesn't want to jinx the Raiders. No, they're the second-best red zone team in all of football. Like, you needed to score touchdowns in this game. And this, if you're going to if you're gonna make a highlight film with the great John Facenda reading the Raider highlights, you're going to say failure in the red zone. This is their season. They failed in the red zone. Tennessee game, Charger game. 
Jacksonville game. I mean, it's been every game they failed to make plays in the red zone. And they've got I mean, guys open. They did have guys open. I mean, the good news is you gave out the under. That does cash. And one, one other thing with the conservative play calling, let's not forget, they needed one yard and the game was over. They needed one yard, one well, yard prior to that if, punt. Right. And they, Jacobs makes a great run and they run that one yard run and they get stuffed. I mean, look, the, 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 losing Simpson, the right guard, when he came in, that was a real problem for him. I mean, they were working around him all night because he wasn't really ready to play. So for me, that, that became an issue. But to, to me, you got to get that first down there. You got to get that. That's why, what do I say all the time? I say this all the time third and short determine playoff wins, third and short determine games. If you don't have great third and short calls, you're done. You're going to lose games. And how many games are lost by third and one? Let's go back Monday night. The Saints, third and one. If they get that first down, they're going to win the game. They don't. They th- he throws a pass. It gets incomplete. They lose. Same situation. I mean, we in the span of four days, we saw two teams come back from 16-3 to three leads. Lose, lose 16-3 to three leads. When we come back, you're going to hear from McDaniels. You're going to hear from McVay. We've got plenty more to do. The Lombardi look-ahead is available for VEASAN pros, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. You're not going to want to miss it. I Unfortunately, I had to laugh because he was very funny calling this a Hallmark movie. Was that Baker Mayfield or Meredith Baxter Bernie out there last night? Lifetime. I mean, it was hey, the miracle of Baker. It was the miracle of Baker. I got my neighbor... Uncle Don, who loves to watch Hallmark movies, I'm going to see if he wants to pitch it to Hallmark. It's a hell of a show. The Hollywood sign was miles away, and Baker wrote an improbable script. We'll go to the Rams next. What a disaster. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Eh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. 
Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Remember, when you become a VSIN pro, we provide you with tools to become a better better. The most popular tool by far are the betting splits. Money and bets for every game, updated every 10 minutes straight from DK DraftKings. Today's games, future events, and more. VSIN.com for the betting splits. Just an opportunity here to get a cheap plug in for. Uh, the college football betting guide as far as the bowl, bowl season. It's tremendous. Make sure you go check it out. Pros get it as we welcome you back here on a Friday. Uh, talking about the improbable win by the Rams last night. A good stat from Elliott. Teams are now 4-551 and when trailing by 13 or more points in the final four minutes in the last five seasons, including the playoffs. Half of those four wins have come in the last four days. Tom Brady and Baker Mayfield as we Baker transition. Mayfield, unbelievable. If you had, by the way, if you had, and he's Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher, this is Beeson. If you had Baker being traded from the Browns to the Carolina Panthers, then cut, then claimed by a desperate defending champion LA Rams team, and then 36 hours going 98 yards and eight plays in a minute 35, when he wasn't even playing quarterback, because as you mentioned in the Lombardi look ahead, Sean McVay was playing quarterback last night. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I, I don't know. I had the sound off, so I don't know if they talked about it. You were at the game, so you didn't hear it either. But to me, it, this was all McVay. I mean, every time there was a, del- a timeout and Baker came to the sideline, the next play was a completed pass. Because what McVay said to him was, look, we're going to run all these words, and I want you to throw it to that guy on the fifth. Just throw it there. It'll, he'll be open. And, and Baker did. Now, you know, it's funny. Because all those throws Baker was making for the Brams last night, he wasn't even throwing them for the Panthers. I mean, they were running the same exact plays. He wouldn't even throw them. Like, mm-hmm. he wouldn't throw them. And for some reason, he played loose last night. You know, and maybe because he had McVay in his ear saying, okay, here, you're going to throw it here. Throw throw the out route to the tight end. I mean, on third down, remember that third and 10 they converted? I mean, Crosby got – oh, this is on the nine-minute drive. Crosby got held tremendously Health. on that. They didn't he call did. it. It yep. was unbelievable. I mean, but, you know, that's what happens. You know, you can blame the officials, but at the end of the day, the Raiders have no one to blame but themselves. I mean, and you, you've got to be man enough to say this is where we messed up. You've got to be able to do that. You're not going to make any progress as a, as a team if you don't admit it. Okay. Well, let's hear what the head coach had to say. Here's Josh McDaniels after the game. You know, this is the National Football League. If you let them hang around long enough, you know, um, you know, it comes down to you know one possession, a couple plays, and who makes them. You know, so um, you know, like I said, this isn't this is an offensive, defense, or a special teams thing. It's a team thing. We got to be able to, um, you know, extend the lead if we have one, and uh, keep competing, not let our foot off the gas, no relaxing, and you know, and try to play the same way we, we were playing when we had the, you know, when the, when the game starts, you know. And so um, just obviously I haven't done a good enough job of being able to get us to do that. Well, that's diplomatic, not blaming the defense and taking accountability. 
The Raiders were yeah, twenty no, and two when leading by double digits at the half in the previous ten seasons. They're zero and four this year. That is quite an anomaly and a weird stat. Well, I mean, it is, and and they've got a lot of work to do, and they've got to they got to address it. They can't blame it on Carl Pagnelli, who deserves some of it, but they can't. They can't blame it on the bad crew. They can't blame it on you know we just hit a hot quarterback. No, they got to vac- they got to have honest meetings with themselves, and this isn't just. Like I said earlier today, this isn't just it was the coaching fault. It was the players and the scheme. And I think when they look back on this game, I think when Josh watches the tape today, I think he realizes he got way too conservative in the second half. You know, as he just said in that, in that video there, you can't let teams hang around. And all the while, you knew that you needed to kind of get going. And your quarterback wasn't really, for some reason, Carr was never comfortable in that pocket the entire game. Never. I mean, never. You know, he had a 36.9 quarterback rating, the worst of his career, the worst of his career last night against a team he shouldn't have. Like, for some reason, whether it was the short week, I don't know what it was, but he didn't play well. They didn't obviously prepare him well enough. And to think that their defense, to think that their defense was going to stop anybody was a mistake. Yeah, you you know, it's interesting. In person, you get a different vantage point. Your son, Mick Lombardi, the offensive corner, he's much more hands-on with the players. He kind of stands, I'd say, 20 feet away from McDaniels. McDaniels, is the way he coaches, he's on an island. He stands by himself. He's with his sheet. I'm sure he's dealing with, in the headset, he's dealing with a lot of things that are going on. But I'm telling you, he was demonstrative last night in his frustration with Carr because he saw things that Carr simply wasn't seeing, and Carr looked shook behind that offensive line. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I think a lot of that was the conservative nature. I'm not blame, I'm not absolving Josh on this. Like, you know, the, his quarterback rating Carr in the second half was 0-0. I mean, think about that, Patrick. He didn't even have one. So they, they just went into their shell. And, I, and look, I, I, maybe that was the right thing to do because you shouldn't allow a team to go 96 yards with no timeouts and a minute 40 to go in the game or a minute 45. You should be able to get off the field there. So you, they probably did play it right, but then they didn't complement it with their defense by playing it right. And give the Rams credit. I mean, the Rams hung in there. This is exactly what they wanted to do. They played great in the red zone. They hung around. They didn't give up a big run. They didn't give up a big run. They were able to keep Adams from hurting them. How, I don't know. i got to watch the tape today. Because there's, you know, because Ramsey didn't trail with them every game, and neither, and Ramsey wasn't playing very well either. Just three catches for 71 yards, Devontae, and Devontae Adams. He had two catches that weren't good; they were great. I mean, he's he's one of the great receivers you're ever going to watch. He is just an, no doubt. He's a he's so interesting in person to watch because what a build. Now, I will give. Let's give. Let's go to the Ram side of this, and let's start with McVay. What I saw in person here, Michael, was what he did that I thought was strategically brilliant was he constantly only had Baker focusing on one half of the field. So he didn't yep. complicate things. He just said, "You're uh, this is where you're throwing to this side of the field, this play, or you're going to this side. I'm simplifying it, but that seems like what he did. No, that's exactly what he did. He basically called the play and then told Baker, throw the ball to the crosser or throw the nine, throw it outside here. That's what he did. You know, and and we're going to hit the tight end. The tight end should be open here. Just give him a good ball to catch. And so he basically played quarterback for him. He took the game away. And then when that clock clicked off, that was it. And when they had timeout, when he came over to the sideline, you know, you could see them. Then he had a little bit more time to say, okay, here's what I want you to do. You know, here's what I want you to do. And, And he did a great job. 
look, the, the Rams, and, and for them not to be, they didn't even run the ball effectively in the game. I mean, they had a few runs, but they weren't able to really run the ball. But Mayfield made a, enough plays. And look, let's face it, the, the Raiders allowing them to hang around, you know, it, it gave them an opportunity. I mean, Baker averaged 5-4 per attempt. I mean, they averaged 4-6 yards per play, the Rams. I mean, it wasn't like they were electrifying. They just, the Raiders allowed them to hang around, and the Raiders shot themselves in the foot. And, and that's what happens in games. I mean, that's what happens to you. You know, when you when you don't when you're one for four in the red zone, you're gonna you got a chance to lose the game. And then you don't you don't lock out the fourth quarter. You don't get a first down in in, in, in the fourth quarter. You're gonna lose a game. Well, as you noted in the look ahead, when you settle for three quarters of field goals, there's gonna be a wild fourth quarter. And that's really what the rate it's really what happened with the you know, I, I can't ever remember thinking what a backbreaking interception that going into the half with an opportunity to go up even more and throwing that pick you just you were like uh oh this second half is going to get weird yeah especially because it really affected them you could see it affected them it affected Absolutely. their play calling it affected it affected everything about their team you know and the rams knew it too i mean raheem morris did a great job of knowing it like they're not even going to try to throw it on us like we don't have to worry about it so they were able to do that it was a hell of a job by Sean McVay. We'll get to Baker in a second. Here's McVay talking about the game. I think just he plays fast. You know, you could see when he sees things, he can speed it up. He's got great upper body twitch. Um, and you could just feel, even on the third down conversion to Ben Skoranek, you know, where he's kind of sitting in the pocket, he quickly exhausts a progression. That's on the backside, and he delivers a strike versus a man coverage right on the body. So I was, I was really impressed. Um, I don't know if I would say surprised because – I've always been a fan of the things that he was capable of, but to say that I expected this, I mean, certainly exceeded our expectations, but it was a lot of fun watching him go to work tonight. Different vibe in person. McVay on the sideline. He's kinetic. He's up and down it. He's talking into, how many seconds does he get to talk to Baker? Because he used more than that. I mean, he was honestly, he was given dissertations before every play to Baker Mayfield. Then that's what he did with Goff, you know, and that that's supposed to click off, I think, with 15 seconds on the play clock. But you know, and so you know, he just and, and I'm not saying he did anything illegal. He just is a really good coach who understands how to attack a scheme, and he put his personality into Baker's play. And as now as when they get ready to play other teams, you know, teams will play Baker differently. I mean, the Raiders didn't rush him inside. You got to pressure Baker inside. Make him after and Baker made some really good throws. I mean, one throw on the out throw on third down. I mean, Chandler Jones is on his arm and he makes a good throw. I mean, he played the best. If he'd have played like that for Carolina, you know, they might have won two games. It's it was weird in person because Baker, obviously not a big guy, but we didn't know when he came in. Is that John Wolford or is that Baker Mayfield? Because the way that you know Wolford goes in for one series. He was kind of, imp I, I have to tell you, Baker was a little, he was impressive because he was getting pressured. And I don't think he is the biggest arm in the world, Michael, but he has enough to make every throw. I, I, you didn't see any of that in Carolina. It, it was really no, strange. I mean, look, the other thing is, too, the, the Rams got five first downs by penalties. They did. And we're going to come back and wrap up this game here on the Lombardi line. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. 
Okay, it's the College Football Bowl Betting Guide. Tremendous job, seriously, from everybody behind the scenes here putting this together because the bowl season, ton of variants, an opportunity to capitalize, but it's tricky. And so, due to the fact it's tricky, we've got you covered. Bowl betting strategy, power ratings for every team, picks on every bowl game. So, vcin.com slash subscribe to become a pro to get the betting guides. Remember, we drop betting guides throughout the year. You have to be a pro. Once you're a pro, you get them all. vcin.com slash subscribe. Okay, we're back I think that's enough on Raiders Rams. That's that's enough for a lifetime for many. My goodness. Uh, as we continue here, Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher. Um, one thing I want, there's a news and notes here. Then we're going to get to uh, our Hall and Oates play. Can't go for that as it makes its triumphant return in the next segment. Vinny Maliulo at the top of the hour. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Where yeah. does it stand? I was told last night reliably by a team that gave him a physical that he's at least eight weeks eight weeks away from playing. Eight weeks. <laughs> so where does it stand? It stands that there's nobody going to sign him. I mean, are you eight weeks from now? What are we? December the ninth. Well, so you got to bring him in for the Super Bowl. So he's eight weeks, and you heard that from a reliable source. Well, that might have something to do with why he said this, Odell Beckham Jr., on the shop. I haven't made the decision, and for me, it's like I would like, I would like to, to be in a stable environment, get up 6 a.m., leave at 6 p.m. for four weeks, and then let's talk about it. I've, I've played football for a long time. Like, uh, I'm not saying that I couldn't step in and play regular season, but I don't see the point. I really don't. Like, I would rather play when that pressure's on. I would rather play when the lights is on. Like, I went through the whole playoffs, and I was, after having my first bad playoff experience, like, I, all I was ready for was to clear that off my name. He's clever, isn't he? He's <laughs> saying, so I just want to play in the postseason. Because like, he can't play in the regular that. season. He can't of course play. he can't. Of course he can't. Of course, and he's got a platform to talk about it. You know, why wouldn't you sign why wouldn't you sign Odell? It's fine for him not just to play in the playoffs. Who needs him for the regular season? Well, maybe we need him to get into the playoffs. Maybe we need that, you know? Oh, oh, I see. Now I got Isaiah McKenzie, you helped us get to the playoffs, but now take a back seat to a guy who's gonna come in and he's gonna be the closer. I mean, seriously, what world are we living in? Like where are we, what are we living in? Like Odell's he's not healthy. And he shouldn't be healthy. The guy had an ACL injury in the Super Bowl, which was Valentine's Day, February the 14th. He'll be less than a year less than a year done. He hasn't worked out for anybody. Why was Jerry's comments as strong as they were? We heard him yesterday. We played him on the GM shuffle. Because Jerry knows that he's got no chance of playing in the regular season. Jerry used his words perfectly. Well, it's about availability. There's no availability. So who's signing them? Maybe, you know, and then and here's the other thing, too. I want to go somewhere and establish. He wants a contract. He wants to get paid. He wants to get money. He wants coin. He's not coming in saying, hey, I'll play for the minimum. Here you go. He wants to get paid. He wants to have a multi-year contract with millions of dollars. Like, I know players think the owners are stupid, but how stupid do you have to be? Like, you're not going to give this away. Wait, hold on. Somebody's going to pay Odell at 30 years old when he's participated in 12 games over three seasons. They're going to pay him millions in a long-term contract? That, that would be lunacy. No, I didn't say they would. I said that's what he wants. He, he wants that. a long-term deal. 
Like he, you know, he's a free agent, and he's got he can campaign. He's got the worldwide leader to 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 take political ads for him. I mean, people will be saying we got to sign Odell. He he's not healthy, and he shouldn't be healthy. He's coming off of an of an injury. So that's where it stands. He's saying, well, I don't really want to play in the postseason. I just prefer to get up for the, <laughs> excuse me, for the regular regular season. I just rather get up for the postseason. Uh, read between the lines. He can't play. He's not ready to play. As he, your source he's telling you, you he can't play. He's already told you that. That, yeah. I mean, it's really not, wild. it's not hard. I mean, I said this yesterday on the air. I said it on my pod. I mean, it's not hard to figure out. This is where he is. There's no chance he's healthy. The reason he won't work out is because he can't work out. He's not ready to work out. He needs more time. He needs to go to a team to have them get him ready because all the things he does outside of a facility isn't getting him ready to play football. So he needs to get somebody to sign him, give him a, get him a couple, three weeks to get him ready. Well, we're at the end of the year. It's not going to matter. He's better off waiting until March and be part of the free agent pool. And then maybe what he'll do is sign a contract and tell the team that he's signing with, look, I don't want to play in the regular season. Just use me if we make the playoffs. But pay me my money. I mean, how'd that go? And, and, and by the way, I don't know, what, what are you, what's your circle? What are you guys thinking as far as what are you getting even if he's ready to go? It's, you're not getting Odell Beckham Jr. from five years ago. It's not the same player. Of course you're not. Of course you're not. There's no chance. There's no chance that, that he could return – within the next 60 to 90 days to the old player that he once was. It's going to take time. We watched Chris Godwin, who they say Tom Brady is now saying he's finally getting back to where he was. Well, Godwin's been in camp all year. So that's Odell. In other news, the U.S. House report, it was 78-plus pages about Daniel Snyder and the commanders and the toxic culture uh, was dropped yesterday. Full disclosure, I didn't read 78 pages of the U.S. House report on Daniel Snyder and the Commanders, uh, but a couple things that stand out from it. One, the NFL is not shielded from criticism in the report. There was plenty about the NFL and their mishandling of the Wilkinson investigation and on and on. And two, what I f- thought was fascinating, and you know, the punter was involved as well, Bruce Allen, it appears, remember when John Gruden had those emails leaked? The Washington Commanders yeah. leaked the emails. Of course. Yeah. Well, I, I don't I know what that does for that. I don't know what that does for Gruden's suit against the league office cuz he claimed the league off in his suit he claims Correct. the league office leaked him. Correct. So look, I think what we said when this came out, the the behind the scenes what's going on here is the sale of the Washington football team. There's no doubt. And this report just solidifies that that sale will happen. I think you're right. Because remember yesterday I said to you, wow, it's with this winning streak, it's been all quiet on the Snyder front. And you were like, no, just watch the report that drops. The report drops. And now 100% unequivocally, he has to sell the team. And I think the reports are that Bezos, Amazon is just kind of lying in the weeds. If he wants the team, he'll get it. Nobody can outbid him. Nobody can outbid him. And there's obviously a number to make Dan go away. But Dan's got a lot, and Dan's fighting a lot of fight. I mean, when Congress comes up with this, when the when the government's involved, you know, he's got a lot more issues here too. So, you know, I, I think this is what Goodell gets paid all this money for. He's going to have to make this kind of go away, and he's got to make Dan go away. He's got to make Snyder go away. 
and Snyder took a lot of people with him. I mean, obviously, the, the relationship between the punter and Snyder really broke down, really broke down. And, and, and I, I find it hard to believe to, to believe that they both didn't know what was happening. Like, the, I read some of the testimony, you know, Bruce, uh, the punter saying that, you know, well, Dan knew everything that was going on in the building. Well, the punter knew everything, too. He knew that, the, remember, the punter said they had a great culture. I'm yes. sitting here in New Jersey, and I'm telling you they had a horrible culture. Yeah, the, the most ironic thing of all time was Bruce Allen, who was the president of the team at the time, standing up and lauding the culture when people within the organization were absolutely killing the culture. That's when you know, you're almost projecting. He knew the culture was bad, so he's projecting. And here, let's do this. What did Ron Rivera win that one year? He's had losing season after losing season, but he had one loss one season when he lost in the Super Bowl. I, I, I will tell you this. Maybe this is his best coaching job because the team started poorly. They're now 7-5-1. and one. They're in the hunt. And there's been a lot of stuff going on within this organization. Got to give Rivera some credit because this is and, not and easy he's to done navigate. It with, and he's done it without the quarterback that they chosen to be the quarterback. Think about Correct. that. Yep. You know, yep. I mean, Carson he chose Wentz. Carson Wentz. They gave up assets to get Wentz. And, 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 and back to Tyler Heineke. Can it last? I don't think so. I really don't. I, I don't see how it will with Tyler. I think at some point it's just going to break down. You know how obscure Taylor Heineke is. Everybody calls him Tyler Taylor. Heineke. <laughs> but that you're not the only one. I call Everybody's him. like, but it it really is fascinating. His metrics, his numbers are abysmal. But all they do is win. There is something. This is why we love sports. It's that intangible. The team loves playing for the dude. He throws those fifty fifty Yolo balls, and Terry Terry McLaurin comes down with them. It's really been fascinating. But they do have an identity. That defensive front, and they run the football on offense now. It's kind of turned into an yep. identity team. Yep, they have, and they played. And, and, and look, they play great red zone defense, and they play good on third down defense. Those two areas, when you can do that, you're good. I mean, when the Raiders are in the red zone, that's a touchdown. I mean, I think that I just read it. I, I just read it. Uh, that 34 goal to go, 34 in a row goal to goal situations. The Raiders have allowed a touchdown going back to last year. Wow. <laughs> wow. That seems like a glaring stat. Yeah. And they played man on the final drive. Anyway, uh, when we come back, the triumphant return. The most important thing for betters is to be discerning. So Michael Lombardi helps you out. Every week, he picks out a line that you just need to stay away from. Little Philadelphia soul. Paul and Oates. Can't go for that. He's next. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, 
how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human-moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, you got a friend? Even if you don't, refer somebody over at BetMGM. You're both going to get $50. It's a pretty damn good deal. BetMGM.com or download the app. It's pretty simple. When you get into BetMGM.com or the app, you're going to see the refer a friend. You click on that. You send your friend a message. When they sign up, they get 50 bucks in their account. You get 50 bucks in your account. It's a great deal. 1-800-GAMBLER, if you have an issue, got to be 21 years or older. Remember, get over there right now, BetMGM. Refer a friend, you both get $50. Well, it only took us 14 weeks. Elliot, tremendous job. It's time for the Lombardi look ahead. So, again, you go to vsan.com slash subscribe. It's the article that kind of sets you up for the weekend. It takes you from Thursday night into the weekend with power rankings, top five, bottom five quarterbacks. It's awesome. And we're going to start with something we had been doing for a long time, Michael Lombardi, and it went away. I don't know where yeah. it went, but that is a little Philadelphia soul. You and I both love Hall and & Oates, uh, and one mm-hmm. of their famous songs is, I can't go for that, no can do. And this is what's important for betters. you got to discern. Sometimes you just throw a line away because it's a Hall & Oates play, and we're going to start there. Dolphins, Chargers, the Dolphins lane three and a half. You know, one of the reasons why I think this is a, a Hall and Oates no can do play is because I don't know. Let me let's start off with this. Eighty percent of the games this year, Patrick, in NFL games, and that this is an unofficial number, but around eighty percent, the the line was meaningless. Last night, the perfect example. Okay, if you if you took the Rams and the seven, you didn't need it. You won outright, right? And and so if you took the favorite. They covered. If you took the dog, they, they won outright. 80% this year. That's just so random. And you say, well, how hard could it be to pick winners in the NFL? Well, ask all those 6,000 people in Survivor who are not doing it anymore, right? It's hard. It's hard. This is a game where I'm not sure who's going to win. Like, part of me, my right brain says, well, 
the Chargers stink on defense, and Tua will throw the ball, and Tyreek Hill will be unbelievable, and Waddle, and they'll they'll score a ton of points. Okay, got that. The other part of my my left brain says, even though Justin Herbert's twenty one and twenty three as a starter, in those forty four starts, he's had two hundred three. He's had twenty three hundred yard passing games, and he's had three more at two hundred ninety. Okay, so basically twenty three out of the forty four games he started. He's had over 290 yards passing. So he's going to move the ball in Miami too. So my point here is I can't pick a winner. I don't know who's going to win. I want to take Miami because I don't trust the Chargers, but I don't trust Miami's defense. So for me, Patrick, you know what that means. All that adds up to Michael Lombardi. That's a Hall & Oates play. I love it. No, can do. Can you throw up the graphic? I want Michael to see it. Can you throw up the graphic one more time, Elliot? Because I was laughing. I just realized what happened. I might be Daryl Hall, and you might be John Oates, or you might be John Oates, and I might be John. No, no, I'll get over there, Michael. No, I'm definitely John Oates. One one of us. I wish I were. (laughs) We got to get the abandoned luncheonette cover on that. Yeah. uh, I mean, look. I I don't know how you feel about this game, but to me, I have this as a 1.31 game on my power rankings. You know, and the line is three and a half. I think it's come down to three. I could see cases for both sides. You know, there's really no – I think there'll be a lot of Miami Dolphins fans there at SoFi because the Dolphins fans, they they travel and they're passionate too, right? And, you know, McDaniel's got to get back on track. He knows he's going to Buffalo next week, right? And that's going to be a hard game for him to win. For as much as he wants to praise Tua and love Tua and, and give Tua all this, he knows winning in Buffalo is going to be a real challenge as the weather changes and changes and changes. So, you know, part of me wants to take Miami, and I was thinking about taking him on the Russo play, but I, I keep worried about can hurt if Mike Williams, and it sounds like he's on track to play. If Mike Williams plays with Keenan Allen and and Palmer and and all these other guys, DeAndre uh, Jordan, all these other receivers, I mean, they they actually might be able to make some plays. Well, I'll tell Mikhail Elliott, hit the sounder one more time. I want to hear it one more time, and I'll tell you why you can't play Miami. Go ahead, fellas, hit it. No can do on the Dolphins, and this is very remedial. If you're betting the Dolphins at three and a half, Michael, you could have bet them at two. You lost the best of the number, and it went through the key number of three. You can't bet the Dolphins. If anything, you're betting the Chargers this this late in the week, right? Yeah, I would think so. You know, to me, I would. I, I, I don't. But again, if you go back to my original statement, eighty percent of these games have had the number has it's been meaningless on, right? Yep. Right around eighty percent, and and so if you just pick the winner, you probably have a eighty. You have a better chance of covering than you do trying to figure out. Okay, like okay, a perfect example last week. If I would have thought that last week, Houston playing Cleveland, I would have just picked Cleveland. And forgot the seven because they won and they covered. How I, you know, we all can get into that. But for me, that's a, how about the Lions and, and the Lions in Jacksonville last week? You know, that was a close game. I had it as a no can do. I was back and forth. I kind of thought the Lions would win. I wanted to take, I didn't trust Jacksonville. I didn't trust the line was meaningless. I can't get over the picture. You look good with Daryl Hall's uh, hair 
or John Oates' yeah, hair. I need more two. hair. I need more the, 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 hair. I just I, I, I pulled a good. lot out last last night. Made me pull a lot of hair out. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, so. I can't get over. I can't get over. Uh, okay. I, I mean, last night I would have been. Last night oh, I would have not wanted. If Al Davis were alive, I would have not wanted to get on that airplane. There's uh, no way I would have wanted to get on that airplane. I would have walked trying, back. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but. When it started to get tight, I looked at Millie and I said, I have to be honest with you. I'm glad I'm with you and not with him right now because he is probably not a happy man. And she was like, oh, I'm glad I'm in California right now. Okay, we move on. She can't stand it. She's like, are you always so negative? No, I'm not negative. I'm realistic. I'm just telling you how this game is going to go. And if I'm wrong... You know, I'm not wrong. I'm never wrong. I know. I mean, I've been at too many games. I know how it goes. If it goes, you know, it's luck. Go ahead. I'm sorry. If you see it, you got to say it. It's time for the line of the week. Let's go ahead and throw it up. This one's interesting. The line of the week this week from Michael Lombardi, the 49ers laying three and a half with Tom and the Bucks in town. I mean, think about it. Tom Brady facing Brock Purdy. Okay. Tom Brady. Fa- and this is a great graphic, Elliot. Wonderful job. You know, how is Tom Brady – when have you ever – and I'll ask this to Patrick, and, 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 and feel free, uh, if Elliot, if you know it, but when in Tom Brady's career has he ever been a three-and-a-half-point dog to a rookie quarterback? Has it happened? There's no way it's happened. I, I can't no even chance. imagine it's happened. There's no I mean, chance. how many times do we see Belichick's stat against rookie quarterbacks, right? Like, he's like, when has he ever been a dog in that, right? So, like – I mean, now he's a three and a half point dog going back to his hometown against Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant. Now, Eagles, Brad Gable, nineteen ninety one. He said it's happened. It's happened one other. That's okay. So it's happened one other time, Brady in this spot, but that's and it's an anomaly for sure, Michael. I mean, it's an anomaly. And that Brady wasn't Brady in '91. He was no, a six-round pick from Michigan in '91. Correct. Right. Correct. All right. So, so, so you say to yourself, "Well, take Tom Brady," and and that's an easy line. You three and a half. Stop. Slow down. Let's let's talk about it. Let's let's have a little discussion here. The Bucks are two and three, in on the road. They've been outscored ninety-one to sixty-three in their five road games. Their only road cover was against the Saints when they went off as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. They needed 17 points, seven from their defense in the fourth quarter, along with five Saint turnovers to cover and win. Okay? They didn't cover. They lost to Jacoby Brissett. They didn't cover against Kenny Pickett. And they lost as a 13-point dog to P.J. Walker of the Panthers. <laughs> and what's tremendous about that That's graphic. the line of the week. It, it's it is the line of the week. It's a fa- and great quote from the look ahead on the line of the week. Tremendous job. Let's get to this. I want to play it here from Vance Joseph, and then I want you to react. Let's go ahead and play that yeah. quickly here, Elliot. Go ahead. I see an offense that's uh, running the football well. You know, it's a very conservative pass game. You know, lots of screens, all kind of screens. Um, it's like a defensive guy's calling offense. You know, he's <laughs> it's how a defensive guy will call offensive plays, right? You know, let's 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 not turn the ball over. Let's let's get four yards of play and you know try to burn clock and that's what they're doing. You know, and that's what he's gonna do on Monday night. He's gonna be patient. You know, maybe take a shot here, you know, from time to time, but for the most part it's, it's running game, it's quick game and it's screens, you know. So that's you got a minute. Guy. That's, that's what he's that's what he's doing. That's Vance Joseph talking about the Patriots offense. That's your coordinator battle of the week. 
Well, I, I mean, I give Jim Vance Joseph credit. I mean, he, he's honest. He didn't lie. I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's a defensive coach calling offensive plays. There's really no rhyme or reason. There's no rhythm to it. There's just we're not going to turn this ball over or we don't want to turn this ball over, and so we're going to try to avoid taking any risk or putting anything into pr- trouble, and it's d- challenging. And, you know, now that the Patriots know what Vance Joseph said, I mean, trust me, they've read these comments, they've seen them. It's going to be interesting to see how they react to it. How do they react to this? You know, because the players know it. And the players are sitting there saying, we agree with Vance. That is a that is a great clip from Joseph. I just became a Vance Joseph fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly. <laughs> I mean, why not? It's very, it's very it rare we get any honesty in our profession. Hey, tremendous segment. Great job, Elliot. Great job, Michael. We're back with Vinny Maliulo next. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 